The following program contains adult language and subject matter. Viewer discretion advised. It's just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Average Joe Show, episode number 87. AverageJoeShow.com is our website, and of course, you can email us at feedback at sayitproductions.com. Twitter is sayitprods, P-R-O-D-S. Find our group on Facebook. Just look up Say It Productions. That's where everything's located on Facebook. Voicemail is 813-915-6390. And, of course, we're here live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at sayitproductions.com slash live. And if you want to have some fun with us tonight, go to averagejoeshow.com slash drinking game. Get your favorite alcohol out and join us in some fun because uh, anything we do on that list means you take a shot. Just, I'm Corey Just, just for the record, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to drink alcohol. But it's more no. fun. Just so. <laughs> if you're of age, it's more fun. Yes. We don't con- we don't condone underage drinking. At all. Not at all. I'm Corey Shretton, of course, over there in Pittsburgh, PA, Mr. Ward Miller. Ward, what's going on? Not a whole lot, Corey. Just uh, there was uh, – I told you before, there's so many updates that came out this week and I was having issues. Anybody who has uh, – who uses Firefox needs to upgrade to version 4. If you're a Firefox fan, version 4 will blow your socks off. It's really, really fast. That's good. That's what we need. We need who the hell with all these features? We need the speed. I, I have a need for speed. That's what it is now. The faster, the better. I, I want to say one thing, though. It seems like I cursed us after last week's episode. I think Mother Nature's on her period this week. Yeah. You know, last Friday, last Friday it was like 71 degrees here in northern New Jersey. Beautiful. You know. Beautiful spring slash summer weather. And then Monday, the first full day of spring, we had an inch of snow on the ground. Yeah, it was crazy because uh, I guess what that was, it was Wednesday. It was almost 70 degrees here in Pittsburgh. And uh, in fact, I was going to, I got tickets for uh, the Elton John show. So uh-huh. I was going to check out Elton John. I'm getting ready. Next thing you know, the sky's black. It, and Actually, a tornado touched on in uh, Westmoreland County, which is – it's not you know real close, but it was close enough that pretty much the funnel cloud had to travel over my house at some point. Uh, I posted pictures on Facebook, anybody that follows me on Facebook, of the hail, and these were good, almost golf ball-sized hail. Uh, in fact, Barb, uh, Citizen X, commented on, <laughs> on the size of these uh, – hailstones saying let's go golfing jesus i don't know like like we like we said last week i don't put winter behind us until may 1st i don't put winter behind me until july 1st <laughs> i you i'm never, just never that I'm, I'm just jaded that way i guess i don't know as long as we get a spring in there i'm happy yeah okay well it's just us two tonight so let's start off with stories uh you got one about a spelling bee winner yeah, uh, it, it, it's kind of kind of sad, but actually Frank Nauser, who was born in 1925, was the first to win the U.S. National Spelling Bee with the word gladi- gladiolus. Yeah, gladiolus. That's it, gladiolus. Is that what it is? Yeah, G-L-A-D-I-O-L-U-S. Anyway, he died. He was 97, but he was the first ever to win a national spelling bee with gladiolus. Uh, And he actually got to meet Calvin Coolidge because of his prestigious award. And his prizes included uh, $500 in gold and a trip trip to the White House to meet President Calvin Coolidge. Now, $500 in gold in 19 – well, it doesn't say what year he won it in – he was 11 years old. He's not in he, 1925. It says for okay. Sentence. So 
Oh, okay. Who in? Okay, I thought he was born in 1925. My bad. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, 1925. He gets 500 bucks in gold. Can you imagine what that's worth today? I mean, he'd have to be a, a multimillionaire. Yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know how much gold that is. That's that's the key thing right there. How much gold do you get for five hundred dollars in nineteen twenty-five? It would have to be pounds. I, You'd think, you know. Yeah, you would think. Even if it was just a pound of gold. Yeah, a pound of gold. Well, they they charge by the ounce. And an ounce I think of gold it's twelve right now is what about three four hundred dollars. I don't know, something like that, maybe more. I don't know. Yeah, and then take that, multiply it by sixteen. I mean, and that's yeah. just how much a, a single pound would cost. And yeah, that's that's over here to do the math because uh, I don't do math on my days off work. <laughs> math is hard. Math is hard. The um, yeah, I don't know. I you know, I'm gonna have to look that up after the show just for for shits and giggles. See what the going rate for gold was in 1925. That was before the the um, the Great Depression, so it's probably pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, the contest now called the Scripps National Spelling Bee has become quite popular and portions are, of it are televised. I think like the last round is. Uh, and in fact, they, I think they televised it on ESPN or something. I thought I thought it was ABC. Maybe it's ESPN. It's all the same network anyway. Yeah. But I thought one year that they had it like on ABC or something. I'm not sure. But Newhauser. That's the guy's name, Frank Newhauser, uh, appeared in Spellbound, a 2002 documentary film, to help bo- to help to boost the popularity of the bee. Uh, he was often sought by young spellers who wanted to have their picture taken with him, according to the Post. N- Newhauser had attended some of the national spelling bees over the years. That includes 2008, when he said the contestant uh, the contest was a lot easier during his youth. He'd never make it. Now. He said he'd never make it now. So, yeah. So, but the yeah, well, of course, it seems like nowadays the words are so much bigger. And the you know, gladiolus is a word that's you know I've heard before, not commonly, but you hear some of the words that these kids went with nowadays. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're like diseases, you know, <laughs> shit, shit you'd only see on house. I know. Can you use that in a sentence? No. I've seen them talk about this on house. (laughs) Well, it looks it looks like in the chat room, Pam from Autism Warrior says that back in twenty five, gold was twenty one dollars an ounce. Well, think about that. That's uh twenty 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 five ounces of gold, two pounds worth of gold. Okay, now now do the conversion the other way. All right, how much is gold nowadays, Pam? Go look up how much gold is nowadays. I think it's like four hundred bucks. So say four hundred bucks, time, time times thirty two. Come on, is uh, like twelve thousand. Is anybody saying twelve thousand dollars? Am I right? About twelve thousand. Yeah, that's about right. I think we'll be more than that. Thirty two times four is eight. Is one two? No, it's about one twelve thousand dollars. But that seems like yeah, it seems like it would be more than that. Yeah. Anyway, if he had kept the gold, he'd definitely be <laughs> a hell of a lot richer. Yeah. And what the hell would you do with gold? Go to the bank and cash it in? I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Well, we were still on the gold standard at that time. So that was uh, $500 in gold was the same as having $500. Well, you know what they probably got? Because back then they gave out – they had the, the, the bills had the gold certificates on them where you could take them into the bank for gold. I wonder if he got like $500 in, in actual cash. That was redeemable for gold. Uh, yeah, there's no telling because it just says 500 in gold. <laughs> We're overanalyzing. Okay, all right, $1,400 an ounce right now, and that sounds about right because I, I know that uh, Adam Curry keeps wanting to hit $1,500. So $1,400 and change an ounce. All right, guys, let's go. <laughs> We're gonna pause the show for a second here as we, we do some math. Let me get the calculator out. All right, you know what? You guys do the calculations. So 1,400 times 32, what was the, what's that going to be? A lot of freaking cash. Jeez, could you imagine just owning an ounce of gold back then and holding it this long and it's $1,400? Yeah, but an ounce back then wouldn't have been worth nothing. Well, $21 is still a lot of money in 1925. 
You know? Yeah, I think how I much guess. cars cost back. Well, think about how much cars cost back then and houses too. Uh, it breaks down to forty five thousand seven hundred twenty eight. Okay, that's forty. That's kind of pathetic. Yeah, I thought it'd be a lot more that's, than that. I did too. Uh, anyway, so okay. Anyway, the first the first guy to win the spelling bee is dead. Next story. <laughs> Next story. Let's go to Florida. Ninety two year old woman goes ballistic after getting denied a kiss. So, this woman. Uh, was trying to get a kiss from her neighbor who is uh, 39 years her senior, her junior. 53-year-old Dwight Bettner was her neighbor. And she uh, wanted a kiss from him, and he turned her away and basically kicked her out of his home. And she went back to her house and retrieved a three eighty semi-automatic handgun and fired shevel- several shots into his house. She was arrested and charged with aggravated assault and, and uh, firing in an occupied dwelling, according to the police o- office. <laughs> The legend, she went next door to speak to him, but the 53-year-old neighbor asked her to leave. In an interview, she told uh, the neighbor that she would not leave unless he gave her a kiss. He declined and kicked her out of the house, and she went bonkers and got a gun and decided to just put holes in his house. Yeah, and what's funny is she's facing a pair of felonies and is held in the county lockup in lieu of $15,000 bond. Um, I, you know, and... Uh, it's sad, you know. It's a ninety-two-year-old lady, and you see her; she looks like somebody's grandmother. I don't think that she needs to be in county lockup. She she needs to be, you know, seeking some sort of psychiatric treatment. I don't. Yeah. I don't think a prison's the place to put a ninety-two-year-old woman. No, it isn't. <laughs> but could you imagine being a fifty-three-year-old man living next door to this lady that's could be your mother? You know, she's like, she wants to kiss. You're like, okay, crazy old lady, go away. And all of a sudden, a few minutes later, you hear gunshots and hear bullets penetrating the walls of your house. Or if she comes, she comes after you, give me a kiss, or her tongue will hang out. <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> well, she, does, she probably doesn't have any teeth, and so it's all gums. Yeah, coming at you. <laughs> gums are flapping. No! Oh my god, that's pretty bad. But yeah, I thought this was a funny story that she just something snapped in her head and she had a gun, three eighty semi automatic. That kinda scares me that an old woman like that would carry something like that. Well, the fact that she can get it, uh, you know, it, it, a thirty eight I mean that's all that all that's all it is, Corey, is a thirty eight. You know, a yeah. three eighty. I mean, it's not like a you know, a forty four or something, but I mean a thirty eight 38 will, will kill you. I mean, that that was the original Saturday night special, but you know. Yeah. But it's it's just <laughs> I see this picture of this lady. It's like I, I can't okay. picture her having a holding a 38, let alone firing it. It almost seems like one of those bad B movies, you know? Yeah, gra- Granny with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Granny's got a 38 and she's looking for trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the writer of Machete. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like. I could see something like that. <laughs> Where's her name again? Uh, Helen her name? Staudinger. Staudinger, something like Stad- that. Staudinger. The part of Helen Staudinger will be played by Lindsay Lohan, seeing as they both have the criminal record. <laughs> I don't know why I this did that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're we're sticking with the old theme here. So the next story... And I never did get a follow-up on this story. Of course, we know earlier this week Elizabeth Taylor passed away at the age of uh, 79, which is funny because William Shatner just turned 80. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, she's going to have a funeral. And guess who wants to, uh, you know, object to the funeral and uh, um, have their little posters up and bitch and moan? I know exactly That's right. The Westboro Baptist Church. Our friends over there. And, of course, they're saying, according to their Twitter account, that they're going to picket the non-lesbian Liz's funeral, all because she was apparently some sort of gay, quote-unquote, enabler and an AIDS activist. Yeah, these guys are such jackasses. You know, they travel around the country and they protest soldiers' funerals. I mean, you got to have some kind of... Uh, just fucking sickness in you to go and protest a funeral in the first place. I mean, the, the, the families are already suffering and you're going to go out and, and, 
you know, hold up signs that say, you know, God hates you and, you know, this. I, I really, I honest to God, if if anybody out there listening is part of the Westboro Baptist Church, I, I defy you to come to Pittsburgh. You come to <laughs> Pittsburgh, I swear to God, I don't care, you know, the, start in my front yard. I, I, in fact, I post this on Facebook. Yeah, you're right. The, the, the Supreme Court just said that you're uh, – the Supreme Court just said that your uh, constitutional right, your First Amendment right protects you. Well, you come stand in my front yard and we'll see. We'll put your First Amendment right against my Second Amendment right and we'll see who wins. <laughs> these, these, these people are rat bastards. They're the lowest form of life on the fucking planet. And somebody needs to go and, you know, what I really dig is a, a lot of uh, you heard a roll in thunder, right? The, yeah. the ex-military guys who ride the uh, Harleys and whatnot, they start going to to uh, soldiers' funerals that these people are going to protest, basically daring them to do something. Uh-huh. And uh, they they bother me so much. It's it's just ridiculous. This is one of those stories that just makes me want to just choke somebody. And and you know to to do it at a funeral, it, you know whether or not you like the war, don't like the war. You know, whatever. That that's one thing, but to to go to a funeral and, and protest a funeral, the, you're you're the lowest form of life on this fucking planet, and and somebody needs to remove you. <laughs> you, you got me all fired uh, up, Corey, and we're only three three stories deep, and you got me all wind up. I hope you're happy. And for all those people that are on my face, that follow me on Facebook, and I put that I have a ward enabler story in there, this is it. <laughs> well, there was the I did put that. So everybody drank up. <laughs> That's what it was for. There were three words in this short little article that that said made me put this in there: Westboro Baptist Church. Because I know you can talk for hours about. Oh this. yeah, I, what? I can't stand them bastards. What I hope is that is that old fart Fred Phelps, the the son of a bitch that started this church, when he dies, because that fucker's gonna die sooner or later. I hope everybody in the country goes to his funeral and protests with stupid signs. You know, just just to just to do it. Yeah, and just carry signs that say "God hates jackasses." Yeah, because that's, really, that's I what mean, they are. That's ridiculous. I mean, all these guys are—they just want the attention. They're like little kids. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous, and and the thing is that they call themselves the Westboro Baptist Church. I think there's like twenty people or something. I mean it's not like a uh, full blown. Uh, it, it's it's almost a family. Yeah, it's like it's the Phelps like, family essentially. It's not a, a huge congregation. And what I like, did, did you ever hear of uh, this, this guy who calls himself the Jester? No, you, you haven't heard nothing about the Jester. Well, Mm-mm. I. He's a hacker. He's a this major hacker. And uh what he does is if you follow the jester on Twitter, uh he goes and he attacks um anti-American or Islamic websites. Uh-huh. And and, I, and based on some of the language he uses, I think he's like ex-CIA or he he had some military training, some type of military training. But right. after Westboro started their shit the last time that they were going to go and they were getting ready to go protest somebody's funeral. He attacked them and they have like six websites and he took them all down. He, he, he <laughs> DOS every site that they have for like a week. And he's like, you done, you, you done running your mouth about me yet? You know, and he, he'd get on Twitter and taunt them, which made it even more awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I like Jester's that. the baddest. If you're if you're by some strange chance listening, Jester, you're the man. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on from that. Here, here here's a person I think the Westboro Baptist Church is really gonna love. Yeah, this this is. I threw this story in because of one word. <laughs> and I know what and it you is. Know what it is. Go for it. A former neo-Nazi becomes a leftist after a sex change. So basically, what that tells me is, you go from being a you know neo socialist to a big lefty because you lose your balls. That's pretty much it. It says, uh, he, uh, before undergoing a sex change operation to become a woman, 
uh, Monica Strub. We've gotten some crazy names this week. Monica Strub was a member of Germany's neo-Nazi NPD party. But 10 years later, she is running for the Baden... Uh, you, Good luck. Yeah. Wurttemberg's state parliament for the socialist left party. So, like I said, what that tells me is you're a Nazi until you get your balls cut off and then you're lefty. Um, it says, I've completely broken with the NPD, Strub told Germany or German Daily. Oh, Jesus Christ. Suda Duce Zeitung. <laughs> These names are killing me this week, referring to the right wing extremist National D Democratic Party, NPD. I am a true socialist. So went from the far right wing extremist Democratic Party to I am a true socialist. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I put it in there because it was a neo-Nazi. And, and you have, I mean, you have all the, the makings of a great story in there. You got the Nazi, you got the uh, transvestite with the sex change. Maybe the, you know, Westboro Baptist Church can go over to Germany and spread some love over there and see how long they last there. Um, <laughs> I, I, th these names this week are just killing me. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like you damned yourself. Yeah. I mean, the story's great. And then what I should have done is gone, gone in ahead of time and just changed it to, you know, instead of uh, the the German daily Zeitig to the Daily Planet, you know, and, <laughs> That's true. and gave myself some little notes. Das Planet. Das Daily Planet. Or yeah, something. Das Daily Planet. And, and, yeah. and, you know, her name was Monica Scrubbin. Or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But okay, let's let's move on to the next story here. And here's something that I saw on Etsy that this this German Nazi neo Nazi probably would like. It's the Barry Manilow Manlow. It's half man, half pillow. Yes, we talked about Neil Diamond last week. This week it's Barry Manilow. Now, this thing, let me try to describe it to you. It, it's basically from a little above, like the navel up uh it's wearing a black shirt it's got these really weird pillowy hands and this like he's this wearing small head like he's wearing yeah like he's wearing mittens and it's got a picture of barry manilow's face basically ironed on to the the head section and, and Freaky it, it's creepy as hell because it's black and white yeah. you know it, you know what this reminds me of did you see the uh do you did you ever watch my name is earl yeah okay did you see the one where he faked his death Mm -hmm. With the girl that did the uh, did the um, paper mache, and she did the paper mache of Earl. Yeah, that's because right. Randy told her all that was left of Earl was his T-shirt. So she made a paper mache Earl and put the ACDC shirt on him, and to make up for it, he had to go back and tell her that he wasn't really dead. the The only reason I know that is because it was on the night, and but it was the same thing. It was like that is so freaking creepy. <laughs> I can't understand yeah. it. Barb in the chat room says, and I agree with her now that she mentions it, his head's too small for the body. That's the only problem you find with this, Barb. <laughs> I mean, the head is definitely too small for the body, but it's it's black and white. Well, if you want to skull fuck Barry Manilow, it's as close as you're going to get. Well, you can get him to give you a hand job. <laughs> Just saying, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she just finds that wrong with it. <laughs> he can't really make a fist. Then he put his mittened hand around you. I love the touch of my Barry Manilow pillow. Or my Manilow. My Manilow. Manilow. That's it. The Barry Manilow. <laughs> they need to make it like Teddy Ruxpin where you could have like a cassette player in the back and you put the cassette and you could just hear Barry Manilow music coming out of it. You know, I was going to do that and start singing, but I don't know Barry Manilow's song. I don't either. I got all Neil Diamond songs in my head. That's sick in itself. Oh, I don't. Hey, come on. Hey, at least Barry Manilow's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There is. Yes. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, looks like you got a weird Florida story for us. Of course I do. Uh, I, it's one of the things where I tracked on weird Florida stories just for this. Uh, there was a woman who was caught shoplifting. 
And the stuff that she that she was shoplifting was a flamingo, a dolphin, and a grape wine stopper. Okasala is that how Okas Okaloosa Okaloosa Island. Sounds good. All right, we'll give it that. A 46-year-old woman was arrested for the second time in less than four months for shoplifting. Apparently, she has, you know, other issues. Uh, the Fort Walton police, the Fort Walton Beach woman, was seen placing items from Surfside Outlet Outfitters in, at the boardwalk into a store bag, and then leaving the store without paying. She left the store and was later identified by deputies by an employee when they saw her sitting on the bench. The deputy spoke to the woman while she was sitting on the bench and asked for the receipt for the, for the shoes and other items in her bag, which she could not give them. She then agreed to take the deputies to the store where she claimed to have purchased the items. The woman, however, took the deputies to Tropical Trends. When the deputy asked an employee if the woman had shopped there and if they recognized any of the items in the bag, the employee said the woman had never purchased anything, but several items were from the store. Among the items of note were six note cards, a charm necklace, a flamingo wine stopper, a dolphin wine stopper, a grape wine stopper, and a dolphin necklace. The items equaled around $60. Uh, the shoes were also identified as being stolen from Surfside Outfitters, the brown sandals were valued at 20 bucks. The woman told deputy that she took the items without paying. Uh, while interviewing the woman, deputies also learned that the woman was arrested for retail theft in December. So it sounds to me like she's a kleptomaniac. And uh, another one of those cases where maybe prison wouldn't be the best place for her. Maybe, uh, you know, some psychological the funny, help. The funny thing is the shit she stole rem- – Looks like she stole touristy stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it, that is a touristy thing. You know, she's from Fort Walton yeah, Beach. She's visiting Okaloosa Island. and I, I. But it's funny. I mean, I looked at the stuff. You were mentioning the stuff when I looked at it earlier. Like, this sounds like she's buying – she's stealing touristy items. It's not like she's stealing anything that's like, you know, well, real I mean, items. when you consider all the stuff that I rattled off was only $60, and then the shoes were another 20 so it's 80 bucks. Uh, you know – and stealing is wrong. We do not advocate stealing in any way, shape, or form. But if you're going to steal, steal if, something if good. If you're going to steal, steal something to make the prison time worth your while. She must drink a lot of wine. That's what I got to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you'd, you'd figure, you know, with the crazy shit she stole, you, that she'd, you know, she may be pied in wine, but, you know, you, you wouldn't think she'd need to stop her, you know. And them screw-off caps, you can't put a stopper in them anyway. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's it, but all this for, for $80 worth of shit, and she got arrested in December. Like you said, it's got to be kleptomania. Uh, yeah, I, it, she definitely needs to see a, uh, you know, she needs help. Oh, I'm surprised she didn't do the uh, Lindsay Lohan thing and say, they just let me borrow it. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize I had that stuff in my bag. I just walked out of the house, and it happened to be there, and uh, yeah, that that's the way it is. Uh, but you, what? You, it's stolen? What? No, 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 no. There's a mistake. I left my my Puma wine stopper there, and I picked up this dolphin one by mistake. I, I don't know how it got in my bag. I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. Can can I have my Puma wine stopper back here? Yeah. All right, let's move on. This this next story seems like a Florida story, but it's an actual court story up in uh, New York. Uh, believe it or not, this guy by the name of Keith Gruber was going into That's court. Bullshit. You get Keith Gruber. I get. <laughs> I pick my stories. I look at the names. Well, I'm going to have to so start Ke- doing that. So Keith Gruber was appearing before a judge on felony drunk charges, and he arrived an hour and a half late. Carry, drunk and carrying an open can of Bush beer. This podcast is not sponsored by Bush beer. Just to let you know. Uh, he had four open cans in his bag m- on Monday when he tried to walk through the metal detector at the courthouse. Uh, the judge asked the 49 year old if he enjoyed his liquid lunch. And the, the Gruber guy said he did. And then he said he was sorry. The judge revoked his bail and sent him to jail where he remained Tuesday. He was arrested December 27th in the town of Liberty and was out on $30,000 cash bail. 
for his prior DWI convictions. Judge dismissed his court-appointed lawyer Monday because Gruber refused to cooperate with him. Sounds like a raging alcoholic to me. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the only thing worse than going – just so you know, the only thing worse than going to your you know, court appearance with a beer in your hand would probably be, I don't know, going to AA with a beer in your hand. Yeah. You know, it's just, that, that wasn't well thought out. Well, especially nowadays, you can't walk into a courthouse, you know, easily. You got to go through all these checkpoints and metal detectors. Yeah, I mean, how did he even get the the, the open can of, of and if you're going to do a bush beer, come on. But if you're going to do it, I, you know, I, they would have had to have stopped him bef- way before he got to the courtroom, right? I mean, how do you get yeah. into the courtroom? They, yeah, they must have stopped him at the checkpoint, put him to the side, and then. Why are you here? Then notified okay, the judge. judge. Yeah. Uh, and of course, but you, I mean, obviously with Bush beer, he has to be a raging alcoholic because, you know, it's not good. It's not like he's drinking anything good. No. Bush beer. You can't get much lower on the alcohol chain than Bush beer. Black label. And the only reason, oh my God. the only reason I know about black label is I was in the military and it was really, really cheap. Oh my God. I forgot about black label. Yeah, I can always I can always find a cheaper one, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then the barman in the chat room is like Milwaukee's best. Of course, you got Schlitz, Papschmier Blue Ribbon, you know. No, nah, Milwaukee's best ice. Ooh. There you go. Oh, my God. Yingling's good. What are you talking about? Yingling's awesome. Yeah. Well, she must drink good beers, classy beers. Uh, you know, Yingling's awesome, man. That, that's like porn in a bottle. Anyway. Uh, okay. Another court case uh, you got for us here, Ward. Yeah. This one kind of – kind of uh, it, it kind of surprised me. Uh, the Montana Supreme Court upheld workers' compensation court ruling that about $65,000 in medical bills incurred by a man who was mauled while feeding the bears – the bears, not beers – bears at a tourist attraction should be covered by workers' compensa- compensation despite the fact the man had smoked marijuana on the day of the attack. So I got a good name now this time. Brock Hopkins filed a complaint with the Uninsured Employers Fund in December 2007 saying he suffered his injuries to his legs and buttocks when he was mauled by a bear at Great Bear Adventures near Glacier National Park on November 2nd, 2007. Hopkins was treated for his injuries at Cali Spell Hospital. Of course, they got to throw something in. (laughs) The uh, UEF denied Hopkins' claim because Hopkins had smoked marijuana before entering the bear enclosure. For the record, I'd need to be high to be crawling into a bear enclosure. Uh, The fund also argued that Hopkins was acting outside the scope of his duties. Park owner Russell Kilpatrick, who did not have workmen's or workers' compensation coverage, argued that Hopkins was a volunteer who Kilpatrick occasionally gave cash to out of his heart. Uh, Hopkins fed the bears that day after Kilpatrick told him not to because he was tapering their food as they prepared for hibernation, Kilpatrick said. The workers' compensation court ruled last June that Hopkins was an employee and noted that while his use of marijuana to kick off the day of working around grizzly bears was ill-advised, to say the least, and mind-bogglingly stupid, to say the most, there was no evidence presented regarding Hopkins' level of impairment. Um, so basically they awarded him, uh, let's see, the UF attorney, Joseph Nevin told the United press, uh, the Associated press Thursday that the case is finished and the agency would pay, would end up paying an estimated $35,000 in discounted medical bills on behalf of Hopkins. Kilpatrick said a small penalty for fair, for failing to carry work, workers compensation insurance, uh, Phone listing for Kilpatrick and Quorum has been disconnected, and there's no phone listing for Great Bear Adventures. You can't find Great Bear Adventures in the phone book? Uh, I guess not. Jesus. Uh, well, this this shows you that anybody can get workers' comp. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, 
you know, it, but it's it's one of them cases where, okay, this thing happened in 2007. Here we are four years later, and they're saying, okay, well, exactly how stoned was he? That shouldn't matter. It, he was stoned at all. It, it, he was under the influence. He was under the period. influence of a mind-altering substance, and he was playing with grizzly bears. You know, mathematically speaking, that was ridiculously stupid, monumentally stupid. And he was doing something he was told not to do. Well, we come on. We don't know if if you know. Well, they told him not to well, feed him that much. That's food. what the that's what the you know that's what the owner of the of the park saying. Uh, you know, if it was me, I'd say I told him not to go anywhere near that cage. Well, the fact he went in the cage that that just shows how how stoned he was. He had to be really stoned to crawl into a grizzly bear cage with meat. You know, come. <laughs> I don't know. Come it's... On. So he gets the best of both worlds. He gets a paycheck and he doesn't have to go to work. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, 35 grand, if he was mauled that bad, you know, it's not that, you know, that's $35,000 isn't like he can, you know, retire and live on the, live the rest of his day. No. But he could, well, you know but he he was, could hook up with the guy with the bush beer, and they could have a hell of a party. Well, you know what I was thinking though is he uh, he probably goes, you know how much weed I could buy for thirty five thousand? Yeah, they're like, look, we're not going to give you the, the money for your medical bills. We'll give you a dime bag. He's like, done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next story. Uh, some people get the munchies when they eat, and speaking of eating, this kid really knows how to eat. That's the segue I was looking for. Anyway, uh, this there's a kid in his name is Lou Howe. Uh, <laughs> Every of, time of he's, you don't get to these names. Uh, it doesn't say where he lives, but he is 132 pounds and five times the size of a normal child his age. Oh, did I mention he's three? This kid's three years old and 132 pounds. The three-year-old toddler from China, okay, he's from China, eats a staggering three bowls of rice when he sits down for a family meal. When Lu Hao was born, he weighed just 2.6 kilograms, 5.7 pounds. That's, that's about the average size for a kid, right? That's a normal, normal size baby. It's actually kind of undersized. 5.7 pounds? Yeah, that actually yeah, is. It's kind of undersized. Usually like seven, eight, nine pounds is somewhere around there. Okay, so he, he's he, you know, it says. However, from the time he was three months old, he began to gain weight rapidly. His appetite was so good for a meal, he could eat three big bowls of rice, even larger than I and his mother said. House father Lou. <laughs> this is the best part of the show. Lou Lunch Lunchang, dear God. Since, <laughs> since how? Where the fuck are they getting how from? That's the baby's name. I thought it was who. It's no, it's Lou Lou How. His his fucking Cindy Lou Who. What the hell? Uh, since How was a year old, his parents have tried to keep an, a careful eye on his diet. Okay, they've tried to keep a careful eye on his diet. He's three years old and 132 pounds. They didn't keep that close an eye. They did. They just didn't say it was the good thing uh, they were doing. However. Hal's mother, Chen Yon, comments, we have to let him we have to let him be as if we don't feed him or he will cry nonstop. I I don't understand the, the English there. We'll have to let him be as if we don't feed him, he will cry nonstop. Basically, if they don't feed him, he cries. Uh no matter how the family restricts Hal's diet and pushes him to move more, the toddler has still managed to put on 10 kilograms, 22 pounds, in the last year. Holy now shit. Chen Yan is unable to pick up her son. In both families, there was no such giant person, says Father Yun Cheng. Hal hates walking. <laughs> And each day, his mother takes him to kindergarten on a motorcycle. <laughs> she doesn't have one of those those scooters. Yeah, with a big-ass sidecar. 
<laughs> I encourage everyone to go to the Average Joe Show and check out this the, these pictures because the picture of the kid in the uh, inner tube is quite possibly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's hilarious. It really is. I, 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 how does this kid even see? His cheeks are so big. Yeah, you can't see his eyeballs. I mean, really, all you see are slits. I mean, how does he even see? And they, they have a picture of him. You know, they're, they're talking about he eats three bowls of rice. Now, he's three, so I guess he'd eat solid food. It looks like he's gnawing a, a, a chicken leg. And yeah. there's not a scrap of meat on this thing. He's tearing it up. Well, the, you got to control a kid's diet, first of all. You know? Well, yeah. You keep... I mean, even if he's going to cry, you don't just keep feeding him. That's just, that's just, that's just not normal. Yeah, that's the thing. No, it, it's, it's not normal. That's the thing, though. And then you're training this kid that every time he cries, he gets food. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's sad because, you know, the kid's monstrous. For a three-year-old, you, you see the picture of his dad holding him. He, it says, heavyweight Lu Hao and his father, Lu Yen Chang, who breaks into a sweat just holding his son. The mother can't even pick the kid up. <laughs> it's, it's you, you know, if, if they don't do something soon, this kid's not going to make it to see his teen years. Oh, yeah. His heart's not going to be able to handle this. It, you know, it it's one of the things where the parents need to have some kind of counseling or something. Because, you know, the kid, you know, they're saying he doesn't like to walk. He probably doesn't like to walk because it hurts his knees. He's ridiculously huge. You know, and, and when you just, you know, you're feeding him to shut him up, that's not a good thing in itself. Right. Yeah, it's not right. Well, let's let's change gears here a bit, little bit. Let's uh, let's go from one fatty to another fatty here. Let's talk about Keith. Looks like Netling. That name's not so bad. Uh, he's a 400-pound sumo wrestler from Arizona who broke the Guinness Book World's records for being the fattest person to run a marathon. He did the LA Marathon this week in nine hours, 48 minutes, and 42 seconds. It was raining there, and he still made it. He uh, for the first eight miles he jogged and then he walked the last eighteen miles. He said that he got he started getting delirious in the brains towards the end of the twenty six point two mile race. Completely forgot where he was. Even though he finished the race eight hours after the winner, he had to wait for traffic signals because the streets reopened during his race. Apparently, he lost four pounds doing this. Yeah, uh... that tells you that pretty much anyone could do a marathon. No, I mean it's you still. You know, I mean, seeing the picture of him, yeah, he does look like he doesn't look like he's 400 pounds. No, he doesn't. You know, I mean, it, if he's a sumo wrestler, you know, he's he's got to be fairly athletic, you'd think. Yeah. But. But running's a different type of exercise than like sumo wrestling. Well, that might be why it took him nine hours to finish it. I mean, so if he finished eight hours behind the first guy, the first guy finished it in one hour and 48 minutes. Right. So two hours. I mean, and that's pretty good to run 26 miles in two hours. But, you know, there are them guys from Kenya who just run forever, and they, they don't oh, weigh yeah. 16 ounces. A, a good stiff wind keeps them back. You know, you get this guy in there, and he— but he finished. I mean, I, I got to give him kudos for finishing. You know, 26.2-mile race, you know, the, the fact that he had the tenacity to stay with it for nine hours is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – that. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to do it. I mean – No, not at all. I mean, I have – I number one, I'd ha, I couldn't do that because I don't feel as though I have the need to impress anybody. And number two, I don't want to. There's no reason for me. I mean, that's just – I can't understand the the mindset of people who, who do run. And, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I just don't understand it because to me, you know, when I was in the military, we had a run, and I really didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I never thought about enjoying it. And, and to, to, you know, I'm driving home and it's 30, you know, 30 degrees outside. It's snowing, you know, it's just crappy out. And here comes some moron jogging. And I'm like, 
what would possess you to do that? You know, I, I don't know if it's, you know, they get, you know, high off the endorphins and they're really, you know, dude, you know, go hook up with that other guy and smoke you a joint and feed some bears or something. There's absolutely no need for you to be running in the cold. Uh, just saying. He probably did this. He probably did this just to prove that he could do it to himself. You know, I don't think he was out there to get publicity or anything. I think he did it just to say, I want to see if I can do this marathon. Yeah, probably. I, I, I agree with that. But then because, you know, he might have done it for himself saying, well, I'll, you know, I'm going to prove to one of my buddies that I can do this. And, you know, then somebody picked up on it or a local news station said, oh, wait, we'll get the Guinness Book of Records there. And, you know, 400 pound wow. guy ran the fastest marathon. The fattest person to run a marathon. 400 pounds is pretty huge in terms of marathon runners. If you think about 400 it. 400 pounds is kind of huge in regards to pretty much anybody. 400 pounds is a lot. Yeah. But Barb said in the chat room, he could be tall too. He doesn't have to be like six foot. I mean, we can't really tell. Yeah, it doesn't tell you how, t- how tall he is. It just tells you how much he, he weighs. I mean, if you look in the back there, those are the tops of the windows by his head. You know, that could be, you know, that could be over six feet there. That could, Or that be, could be, know. he could have had the picture taken in a trailer. But, you know, he's... True. We don't know. He, he definitely didn't start out at 132 pounds at three years old, so... No, he didn't. <laughs> definitely. Oh. Fire in the chat room said he, he could be running with a joint and be twice as high. Hey, nothing wrong with that. That, that might have been why he was he was hallucinating. He, he was running with a joint. I don't know. I don't know. Not going to guess. He was probably trying to get to McDonald's, and the closest one was 26.2 miles away. The, the, that's the other thing. That's one of the things I just don't get. You know, the, the people that run like the Boston Marathon and the New York Marathon, yeah. I just don't understand it. You know, it, it, you're just, you know, I just ran 26.2 miles. What? You don't have a car? That would be my first question. Why? And I did it in nine hours. I could have drove 26 miles in, I don't know, about 20 minutes. Even I don't even want to drive 26 miles somewhere. Why the hell would I want to run there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like too much of an inconvenience. Hell yeah. You couldn't buy your shit on eBay or something or Amazon. They'll ship it right to you. You don't, you don't have True. to go get it. Well, you know, the other thing I don't, I'd never thought about is – when you run the 26.2 miles, how the hell do you get home? You're screwed. You, am I wrong? You, ran, you just true. ran 26 miles. How do you get home? I mean, I mean, most of these races, the ones I can think of, the marathons, they don't end where they start. No, it's not a loop. It, you, no. you run 26 miles straight. So, you know... I don't know if you're in Pennsylvania and you run for 26 miles and you're now in West Virginia. <laughs> how the hell do I get back home? Well, I hope you know that someone's going to be there to pick you up. <laughs> hey, look here, buddy. I'm going to be running this marathon. It's 26.2 miles. So I want you to drive to the, to the finish line and I'm going to run it. All right. And I'll meet you there. Well, could you imagine being the person that's waiting for him at the finish exactly. line? And you're like, like you gotta, you're there like five, six hours later. Like, where the fuck is he? Yeah, you gotta, you're, you got to be kidding me. The, the, the first guy crosses, you're like, all right, he can't be that long. All right, where you at, buddy? Come on, Kelly, where you at? And then they take down all the shit, yeah, you, all the finish line all, stuff. All the people are leaving. You're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Nine hours later, here, here comes his big ass stumbling across. <sighs> And he's just walking. You're like, really? You're just fucking walking, dude. You're 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 big. You just ran 26 miles. You're stinky as hell, and you think you're getting in my car? Oh, there's a smell I don't want to imagine. Exactly. Oh boy. Oh, all right. Well, let's wrap up this week's show here. I want to thank everyone out there for joining us. Of course, I want to thank Ward Miller for being here. And Ward, where can we find you online? You can find me at maxandlife.com or at steelcityresistance.blogspot.com. Great. Make sure you check those sites out. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go to AverageJoeShow.com slash guest. Next week we have Barb, a.k.a. Citizen X, and Tyler Hurst from the uh, Rebellion State, Arizona, where their time zones are different than the rest. Yeah. 
yeah, what's funny is because uh, he's like, yeah, I'll be on next week. I said, okay, we'll see you at 9. He's like, is that 6 Pacific? And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, that's right. You're in that effed up state that doesn't change to daylight saving like the rest of the country. Well, no, I think they change, but they're they, they it's just a time zone thing. No, no, Arizona is the one state that doesn't change. Because I know that there, Arizona. Well, there was part of uh, Indiana that didn't too. No, all of Indiana finally changed. Yeah, I mean that was within the last couple of years, but I know that at some point, and it was like just one strip in the middle of the state that went observed. Yeah. <laughs> so based on which city you were in, was it could have been a different time. That's the, yeah, that's a weird thing. But yeah, Arizona's the one state that says no, fuck it. We don't we don't want to change. So now they're the same as California. So they're three hours behind us. Nice. So we'll have them on we'll have Tyler on the show and Barb too. You want to send us any comments or complaints or anything to the show, you want to submit a story you liked you saw online to us, shoot it over at feedback at sayproductions.com. Voicemail is 813-915-6390. Of course you can find all the show notes. You can vote for your favorite episode or your favorite story we talked about this week in this week's show notes at averagejoeshow.com. Of course, we're here live every Sunday night – or Sunday night. Ah, we're, not me. We're here live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at sayproductions.com slash live. What? Barb just had a good idea. We, we're going to start doing the show on Zulu time. OK. We're going to convert everything to Zulu. All right. So whatever. Next week we'll do it at 9 p.m. Eastern is whatever Zulu time, which is uh, – was that like 2 a.m.? Like, so like, like 0200 Zulu? I don't know what Zulu is. It's minus Zulu five. Like GMT? So if it's nine o'clock, it would be four. It would be four. You sure it's minus? It's not plus five? I thought Zulu was GMT. Maybe it is. Maybe it is plus five. Okay, whatever. It's still 9 p.m. Eastern. You figure it out yourselves. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody out there understands Zulu time, just let us know what time that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's nine Eastern. Us, you tell us. Uh, check out the website. Also, you can donate. There's more than ways to donate than just money. So go check that out. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this week's episode. Spend a little bit of your bandwidth with us. And until next time, have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.